This is the Fat Boy Show and I'm your girl, Olive. Now, on the 1st January 2021, trading under the African Continental Free Trade Area started in Africa after having been in talks for years. The webinar ceremony was graced by President Cyril Ramaphosa of South Africa and President Mamadou Isofu of Niger. As such, today on the Fat Boy Show, we talk to Ivan Ojakol, a Ugandan lawyer and lecturer who practices majorly in the areas of trade, technology, media and telecommunications, and tax. He's also a director and legal lead at a trade law and policy consulting firm, Lectured Africa. Mr. Ojakol has a number of certificates in the world of trade, including expertise on the African continent free trade area and the agreement there too. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Oliver. I'm honored to be on the Fat Boy Show. Yeah, we are glad to have you. Now, what's the African continental free trade area all about and what do the member states stand to benefit from it? Uh, thank you very much, Oliver, for that question. Uh, basically, uh, uh, there's something called Agenda 2063, mm-hmm. where the African Union came up with an agenda of 2063, where they want to see African prosperity and the reduction of poverty and what have you. Mm-hmm. Basically, improving Africa as it is right now. Yes. So among uh, the initiatives that were uh, mooted is the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement. Sorry, African Continental Free Trade Area. Mm-hmm. Basically, this will mean that uh, free movement of goods and services on the continent yes, uh, with uh, quota-free and duty-free access. In other words, uh, reduced taxes or even no taxes. So, uh, and with certain preferences for, for African goods moving, intra-African trade and what have you. So by and large, that is it. So the agreement was uh, was signed in 2018 in Chigali. Then it came into force in 2019 after a certain number of countries had ratified it. I think it was 22. Yes. Uh, then uh, we started trading on 1st January, like you mentioned. It was supposed to be July, but because of COVID, it, uh, it was pushed to 1st uh, January. So basically, uh, what, we, what, what, what that means is that it does not necessarily mean that uh, everything is is good to go. Hmm? Ah. It, it be- basically means, uh, if you read the agreement, for example, it means that... Uh, African countries or member states, sorry, the whole state parties actually, state parties are the countries that have ratified the agreement. The state parties who are 54 to 55, so the Eritrea that has not ratified it, will start organizing in-house and and and, uh, and, and, and submitting their tar- tariff liberalization. It's supposed to be up to 90% of their tariffs, uh, liberalized tariffs to, to the secretariat. Okay. In other words, up to 90% of the goods they trade uh, will have will, will, will be liberalized in terms of reduced uh, tariffs and taxes and what have you. So got countries like Uganda have up to ten years to organize, uh, put their house in order. Ah. Yeah, those are LDCs like Uganda. Well, so for countries like Uganda, yes. it's uh, not yet in motion. It's not yet in motion, but nonetheless, it has got into motion, or at least hopefully. Okay. And that is something else I want to discuss on this show. Uh, well, countries like Ghana that are developing countries, uh, countries like uh, South Africa that are developing countries, have up to five years. But that is there's something called in, in, in trade. There's a difference between trading goods and trading services. So for trading goods, it's called uh, you're, go, you're, go, you're going to submit on the tariff concessions. Okay. So up to ninety percent. But now when it comes to trading services, trading services now things like telecommunications, uh, things like uh, education, education, uh, basically services huh? that are traded across across borders. Uh, so you you have to submit what they call a schedule of specific commitments. In other words, you're like. But for telecom, no. This one, I want to protect my telecom industry. I have telecom uh, budding industries, so and I will not liberalize. But for education, I'll allow whoever wants to come in. If it's a uh, James Cambridge or whoever, they can come in. 
uh, if it's this this they can come in so so for for trading goods it's called uh, tariff uh, concessions well for trading services it's called a schedule of specific commitments ah, uh, yes i yes, see yes. so the agreement entered into force on 30th may 2019 did you say 19 the government 18. came into the, the agreement came into force in july on the, the last day of july is what, 31st or 30th 31st july, 31st july 2019 Okay. Yes. 31st uh, July 2019 for the 24 countries that had deposited their instruments of ratification ratification with the African Union Commission. Yes. Why has it taken the African states this long to finally put this into play? Uh, Well, I'll disagree with you on that. (laughs) Once Africa is moving in consensus and it's a rare thing Ah, and uh, and that is why perhaps this thing is important. Africans realize that, hey, guess what? We are we contribute about two percent only in global value chains in terms of trade. That's right. We have not really benefited from a multilateral trading system under the World Trade Organization. Even these initiatives that have been given to us, like Angola and what have you, we have not really benefited. We don't. We produce raw materials, don't have industrialized goods. So Africans have been trading about fifteen percent, and uh, the studies by World Bank and what have you indicate that this could take us up to fifty-two percent in terms of intra-African trade, and that would immensely uh, take us to the next level. I mean, with a population of one point three. About 1.3 billion and uh, potential GDP of about 3 billion. There's a lot to tap into. So for once, African countries actually, we we tried. That's a space of a year from a date of signing, mm-hmm. 2018 in March. So we and, is and it had, a year? It's a, uh, sorry, uh, today we are in 2021. No, no, no. <laughs> the space of the signing is different. Okay. The signed argument in Chigali. Yes. So signing is does not inter- does not mean that the argument that the country is now going to comply with it. Mm. It's supposed to ratify the argument, meaning you come, you organize. Your internal systems and your laws and what have you, and you deposit what they call instruments of ratification. So instruments, this is a legal process. Mm. So meaning that uh, international law is not necessarily binding on a country unless the country goes ahead and domesticates it through certain instruments. So okay. when you deposit those instruments, whether it's a law, what have you, now you take them to African Commission. Tell them now, you see, we're now ready. So mm. that's the space of the year. At least uh, for us, there's some commitment from Africans. I must admit. Perhaps the argument is going to be: Shall we be able? properly implement it starting I mean first January is already around the corner how many countries have submitted their tariffs concessions I don't know if Uganda has done that well at the opening ceremony it said about 44 had done that but I'm not sure about that so, 54 fi- actually no, no, no 40, 24 uh, uh, by 2019 no no that was 2019 but on first January on mm. the, at the webinar mm-hmm. the, the the Secretary General of the FCFTA mentioned that about 44 countries had submitted their tariff ah, concessions yeah that's okay. what on this and this we're willing to open up on this and this, we're willing to reduce taxes. So from, say, 40% on a certain goods, you reduce to about 20%. Okay. For as long as the, the good is originating from Africa. Okay, that brings yes. us to the next question, actually. Yes. Uh, so have all the 54 states agreed to be part of the African continental free trade area? And if not all, mm. are there talks to engage the rest? So what is happening, is that, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, that is why for us, Africa has, has collaborated. We have... Depending on where I stand, some countries recognize that Sahara, it's called Sahara Republic as a country, others do not. But guess what? They actually deposit the instruments of ratification. Sony Eritrea, out of 55, so it's 54 to 55 that have deposited the instruments of ratification. Mm. Now the question is, countries like, uh, uh, I don't know, Niger, Itad, uh, Nigeria, Angola, Uganda, mm. where is the, how, we must now begin the process. For example, a country like Uganda, and this is what I recently wrote in the, the New Vision, 
uh, where is our strategy as far as the FCA, FCAT is concerned? Who is supposed to answer that? Who is supposed to answer that? That is the government and the Ministry of Trade and what have you. So, who, do Ugandans necessarily, now like you, Olive, for example, if, if it wasn't for this show, perhaps you know, perhaps not have read about the FCAT, would you have? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> so, not. <laughs> so, how come Ugandans are not yet aware of this thing that is apparently supposed to be the the, 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 the breakthrough for Africa. For Africa. How come how come the private sector has not been engaged effectively? There's a private sector group called Afro Champions, composed of uh, private sector groups from South Africa, Nigeria, what have you, that actively have actively positioned themselves uh, with the African Union and are taking, already taken advantage of some things there and are, are positioning themselves to properly uh, tap into the FCFT. Mm-hmm. We have our private sector champions, Chiganda. Already, are they part of that Afro Champions? Are they even aware? Are they even aware of it? There's something called African Electronic Trade Group that apparently already has tapped into the first transaction under the FCFTA with DHL by allowing DHL to deliver parcels across the continent under the FCFTA. We have our own private sector, uh, say, tech giants in Uganda, our versions of tech, tech giants in Uganda. How come, are they part of that African Electronic, uh, sorry, uh, African, it's called EA Trade, EA Trade Group. Are they part of that of that group? Uh, uh, have, 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 has the government consulted widely the private sector on what uh, what goods we're going to liberalize? What sensitive products? You're allowed under, under, under international trade, like I mentioned, some products some it as sensitive. You're like, no, on our coffee, on our gold, which apparently last year Uganda stop exports, we shall not liberalize because this might kill our industries. So, have you consulted the private sector as a government or Ministry of Trade consulted with them to ask them what should we liberalize, what should we put out there, eh? what are our strengths, what are we going to, what, are, what is our comparative advantage, how are we going to position ourselves? The guys at Ministry of Trade say there is a committee that has put in place, but we don't know about the committee. So, for me, uh, and, and this Who is where. Who put in place the committee? There's a committee, is it the there's, there's an internal committee at the Ministry of Trade, whenever mm. these international trade agreements are being negotiated, what are you? The apparently was instituted, but why isn't there information about it? We as, I'm a trade lawyer, I'm passionate about trade. I would love, I'd love to be a part of a committee. I would love to uh, go out there and, and, and you know, and, and educate Ugandans and build capacity on, on, you know, the activities of that committee and what exactly they're doing. So, uh, for me, the government needs to put its house in order as soon as possible. Luckily, we have a number of years, but it doesn't mean that it should be... Uh, So wouldn't you say that um, people like you that are passionate about trade should probably form an umbrella that should position itself where the government can view it and even listen and maybe together you work hand in hand to see that this is done? Well, I I, at the risk of... uh, Giving us some trade secrets. I have already <laughs> personally uh, from from my organization, which is the Consultancy Trade mm-hmm. Collection Africa, started a few initiatives. Members of private sector, but again, like you mentioned, there is still uh, any like you mentioned, it is the, the onus is on us to make sure we educate the private sector and businessmen out there. Because you cannot leave everything in the hands of the government. government. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 actually, uh, there is even something very important under the African Continental Free Trade Area is that besides the foundation argument. The main argument there's something called uh, countries uh, inter- under international trade because the foundation argument may not provide for everything in detail, so you're allowed to what negotiate what they call protocols. Uh-huh. Now, there's a protocol on digital trade and e trade being negotiated, and for me, that is a very important 
area that have what uh, private sector is engaged in. We have a number of young innovators, a number of young youth engaged in the tech sector. Yes, we have we our do. global champions, the Jumia, the Seth Borders of this world. So uh, that's something I would want to take on, and the government should look at in terms of who who is negotiating this digital trade agreement for Africa. Why isn't Uganda's version of tech giants? The tech, we have very many tech hubs here, from Innovation Village to Hive Collab to what have you. Mm. Why aren't they involved in the negoti- negotiation of, of that digital trade document? So you'd want industry players, uh, private sector champions, captains like those to properly be engaged. I mean, in terms of, supposing they come up with things that may not really favor uh, our tech giants. And you know, Uganda is quite an entrepreneurial country. Every day from my practice, I literally interact with the young techie trying to establish something. So, so those, are, those are things that we should look into and, and, and as far as advocacy is concerned and positioning ourselves as a country. So do you, uh, would you mean to say that um, it's the lack of involvement by the government with especially the tech giants mm. that has seen some of our tech giants, local tech giants like Safe Border closing business from countries like Kenya? Uh, well, that's a tricky question because you see... Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's uh, a totally no, no, different uh, It is a different dynamic. one. I would want to answer it. I would want to answer it. Uh, Seth Border did not necessarily close business in Kenya because of lack of engagement to government. I, Maybe it lacked incentives to help it go all, forward. First of all, Kenya, Kenya is a different, a different country. Yes. And the regulations and the business policies and business environment is different from Uganda's. Seth Border has thrived in Uganda. Uh, I think what happened was COVID. COVID hit the business a lot. I once interacted with a couple of uh, the, the, the leadership at, at, at that organization and they told me that uh, it had really hit them so hard <coughs> that uh, some of their riders had gone to the village and never returned <laughs> up to oh. now. They have not returned. And of course, when you hear some of those complaints from the riders of, you know, they take care of their commission, they give us little money. The business has been struck a little that to retrench and lay off some people and not a few. Like any other business in Uganda. But without a doubt, I, I believe... 2021 going forward, all the COVID uh, seasons to exist, I think we'll be back. Because for us, we had a proper Ugandan uh, company spreading its roots. I mean, they're actually doing well in Nigeria, ironically. Mm. They're doing well in Nigeria up to now. So I don't think it's because of lack of this. Of course, government should, uh, like other countries, like in uh, China, for example, uh, Alibaba and what have you have been supported by government. There are certain incentives and gives, certain tax mm-hmm. waivers, certain. So maybe we need that engagement as. Uh, as far as government is concerned, for government coming and support its own. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have seen trade agreements being broken, for example, the ones between East African community countries with Kenya blocking Uganda's sugar, milk, maize, flour, Tanzania too, and then, of course, Rwanda closing the border on Uganda. How is this trade agreement different from all the other agreements we have seen? No, this trade agreement is not different from the East African Community Treaty. It's not different from the Commerce Treaty. It's not different from the SADAP Treaty. It's not different from the ECOWAS whatever. So, so what should uh, so, make us be so excited about be excited this particular this one? agreement is a build-up. It's a culmination of all Africa's integration efforts. It actually specifically says that the regional integration communities like East African Community, like COMESA, like SADAP, like ECOWAS, are building blocks towards the AFCFTA. Okay. And whatever levels of integration, whatever levels of trade have been achieved under those different regional economic communities will not be tampered with by the FCA. It will actually just be 
an increase. So now you mentioned the trade disputes that have been going on. Unfortunately, Af- East Africa community, which is supposed to be the number one regional economy community in Africa. In been, East Africa? In, no, in Africa. In Africa? Yes, ah, yes, yes. Been, okay. been better than ECOWAS and COMES and everything. Oh, sure. Has been hit hard in the last two, three years by these uh, unfortunate trade wars and what have been politics. So it is incumbent upon us, since these regional economic communities, like East African community and what have you, are building blocks, are the starting points of us going towards the FCATA. So incumbent upon our leadership and everyone else, try as much as possible to solve these things. Thankfully, under the East African community, there's a trade, there's a dispute resolution mechanism uh, that was established. There's an East African Court of Justice that is now actually biting and, and, and providing uh, respite to businessmen. So whichever businessman thinks that Kenya, whoever has uh, uh, illegally blocked their goods, contrary to the provisions of the East African community, can go to that court and get redressed. Of course, usually businessmen run to politicians and politicians will tell you, the president will tell you, we are solving it politically, diplomatically. But sometimes politicians have the way of doing things and, and sometimes there's a lack of political will. So I will advise businessmen in East Africa that have been affected by such uh, illegal or, or arbitrary uh, trade legal measures to go to the Islamic Court of Justice and seek redress. That court will provide them that redress. should not be uh, afraid of... Uh, I'm looking out for professionals to help them get there. <laughs> professionals <laughs> yeah. like you, you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, the last one. Yes. Are there any laws or procedures put in place in case such cases raised with disagreement? Uh, what do you mean? Um, in an event that uh, some countries, you, you sign disagreement and then some countries at, at the end of the day start blocking others okay. as far as trade and even services okay. is concerned. Okay. For starters, I forgot to mention that under phase one of the AFCFTA, the, phase, the, 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 the Secretariat uh, uh, created different categories of negotiation towards them. It's phase one, phase two and phase three. Under phase one, they've completed three protocols. What's a protocol on goods, protocol on services, and protocol on dispute resolution, which is very important. Well, the second protocol is going to be, the second phase two is going to have a protocol on, on intellectual property, a protocol on competition, and a protocol on investment. Then there's the phase three, which allows the protocol on digital trade stroke e-commerce. Now, importantly, under phase one, I mentioned the protocol on dispute resolution, mm. or the, sorry, settlement of disputes. So settlement of disputes means that there's a special court that's going to be created Mm. under the FCFA to resolve these matters, to resolve these disputes. So in case of anything, the same way we have the Isafa Court of Justice, there's going to be a special court there. But only that, this court uh, is, is, is unique. It's not a normal court. Isafa Court of Justice allows a citizen like you and me, or you and I, to, to, file, to a. file a suit against Uganda mm-hmm. or Kenya. Now, this one says that only state parties can take on each other, which is dangerous, and, and, and perhaps, I hope, something that we can resolve. Because, you know, it was copied uh, based on the model of the World Trade Organization, which also says that state parties, state parties only, Uganda versus Kenya, Uganda versus Nigeria, can take oh. on each other. So, a resident, a businessman, individually cannot, which is dangerous. But, uh, <clears throat> importantly, also, I've seen the FCFT coming up with certain mechanisms. Uh, they have put in place what they call trade observatory, actually it's African Union, trade observ- observ- observatory tools that will help you and I, businessmen that have been affected, to try and resolve this matter. So in other words, there's uh, something called www.tradebarriers.com <clears throat> where you report a country, <laughs> you go there and you take, you see which countries have liberalized their products, but in case any country it becomes funny, say if you're trying to pass through Namanga border between Kenya and, and Tanzania and you see there's a, a non-trade barrier there or whatever, you you go and <laughs> deposit it. You, you go and report to them and say, this guy's blocked my goods, they blocked me from moving. So these things are still uh, in the abstract, many of them, mm-hmm. but without a doubt the initiatives for me, they are goodwill initiatives that should help us go forward. 
But uh, dispute resolution is the most important way. Uh, that's through the court. Important way of, uh, of resolving those disputes. But however, that court is also unique. Before you go to that court, there is first of all, uh, you must first pursue certain consensus building mechanisms. So in other words, before you go to the court, you first try and solve the dispute amicably. The countries. The countries. Yes. Sort of. Then, when that fails, when now they go to court. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so and, uh, I can imagine it's a long process. <laughs> it's a long process. Well, it's a long process, but uh, uh, nonetheless, justice is justice. When justice is given, it's given. So, however late, uh, however it late may it be, because yeah, you see, the politicians <laughs> sometimes will tell you we're resolving these things and we don't resolve them. And before you know it, you're affected. You're a businessman. You go and I know so many members of Casita that were. Selling their goods, uh, selling fruits, uh, sorry, exporting fruits to Rwanda, selling all kinds of merchandise to, to Rwanda, but now they cannot do that. So some of their goods were impounded at the border. So the, the, milk, the milk businessmen were impounded, uh, the milk was impounded at the border and was affected. And, and, and many cooperative, uh, milk cooperative societies in the villages in, in Kabale and, and Wales, without, without stories that have not come out to the public, have been greatly devastated by some of those things that have. Uh, happened uh, uh, through some of the trade wars in the, in the community, but uh, like I mentioned, the, the, the mechanisms for resolving these things. Go to court. There's a special court in the East African Committee, for example, and there's going to be a special court set up at the AFCFTA. Though that one, uh, like I mentioned, it is for state parties, which is a, which is a major problem, which is a major problem. But there is also something called arbitration. <coughs> there's an arbitration mechanism which is faster. Arbitration is faster than a normal court process. So uh, the FCFTA has that arbitration mechanism and so does the East African Court of East African Community. Sorry, the East African Court of Justice. Mm. So in other words, other than uh, waiting for a panel of judges to resolve your matter, there's, there's a special, there'll be a special person there to handle your matter quickly and effectively okay. in, a, in a more cost-effective and timely manner. Okay. Yes. Um, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you very much, Olive. I'm honored to be on the Fat Boy Show. 